Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, what's up? Welcome back to the Mind of Soul podcast. My name is Donovan Beck. It's been a little bit. I've been dying with school and everything else in life, so I haven't been able to record a podcast as often as I'd like not to. Having a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not going well. But as you can hear, we actually have somebody who's been on the podcast before, Tani Shimizu. What up? We had her a couple months ago chatting about school, life, travel, everything going on, and it's actually kind of come full circle because in that podcast, we discussed about the fact of why you traveled to Peru, why you did so much travel after high school, and everything that was the crazy, hard turn of events that came out of high school Mm -hmm. to now where you are today, and you actually have some really good news in regards to that um, with applications and everything going on with college now. I do. Yeah. It's all you. I'll let you figure yeah. that one out. Yeah, so um, last time we were talking about how, like, of course, like you said, went through the whole experience of, unfortunately, things not going the way that I had hoped, had expected as far as, like, college. Um, we talked about how, like, you know, having to bounce back from, yeah. Yeah. you know, not being in necessarily the best position or being placed in a, in a position where, you know, you're left at odds and yeah. not really knowing what to do or of to the forward. of your mindset at the time exactly like that too, what yeah. you thought your position was at the time um exactly so i just finished I'm about to finish my third semester at cosc and last semester i applied to the uc's round two yeah, round two um, i literally <laughs> like, if this is it man like, yeah, if it's it like we're not time, going through then... for a third shot and in a complete Full circle, I got accepted to every school that I applied to. Yep. Um, And so I just committed to Berkeley. Yep. So I'll be starting in the fall. That's super cool. And doing global studies out there. Global studies major with a minor in global poverty and practice. That's such a long... I can't wait to see that on a (laughs) diploma. I know, it's going to be awesome. (laughs) No, that's awesome. That's really like something to not only be proud of, but to be very excited and conscious of, of the fact that if you were to tell... Tawny a year, two years ago, mm-hmm. the entire course of events that was these past two years, she would, one, laugh in your face. Yeah, probably. And <laughs> two, be in full doubt. And coming back, um, not even coming back, but coming full circle like mm-hmm. that, how does it feel going and knowing that you're now going to... Well, first off, you ended up saying deferring your dream school, which was originally your dream school of being UCLA... And making that decision to go to Berkeley instead. Yeah. I mean, so all throughout high school, um, Berkeley was like it for me pretty much. Like Berkeley was like my dream school. I essentially told myself that like I wouldn't be happy if I went anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And then I remember talking about talking with you about how like when I was in India and then mm-hmm. Berkeley was like the last school I had to hear from whatever. Um, and so like it was always pretty much Berkeley, Berkeley, Berkeley. And then last semester... I was, for some reason, like, Mm -hmm. so just about UCLA, UCLA. and I was like, I'm going to go to UCLA, blah, 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 Um, and then when I got into both, I was literally like, um, Uh, (laughs) so, like, what do I do, because it's, I think, at the end of the day, like, um, this is, like, kind of an interesting topic, but sometimes you're, like, left at a crossroads where you know that you're going to be leaving or giving up some opportunities for something that you feel yeah. instinctively is going to be better for you. Yeah. It's like to say yes to anything, you have to say no to something else. Exactly. And, like, I didn't say no to UCLA because right. I was like, ugh, you know, it's UCLA. not good enough. It's UCLA. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? I would have gone there and literally been like, I'm so dumb. Everyone here is a genius. Right. Um, but, and 
I honestly for sure thought I was going to commit. Like, I had the sweater. Right, I was walking, right. I was yeah. going around with the <laughs> sweater, like, from the day that I yeah, yeah. got accepted. I was like, yeah, I'm committing. And I, it was, like, Berkeley Transfer Day, and, um, you know, Berna, so my best friend Berna mm-hmm. lives up there. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, this is, like, a good excuse to go visit the campus, yeah, but yeah. also mostly just to, like, hang out with my friends. Right, right. Um, so I went, and I'm, like, a firm believer that things happen, like, for a reason, like you're placed in certain certain circumstances, like for a reason. Right. Um, so the Uber driver that picked me up, he was this amazing, like older, like uh, Iran- Iranian, like immigrant, mm-hmm. um, and he was talking to me about how like he had been living in San Francisco for like 30 years or something, and how at one point he had moved to LA for a couple years, but the reason he moved back was because San Francisco is like this city where people just like are driven to make change, and like 100%. people are so accepting, yeah. and, like the amount of diversity. And all those kinds of things, um, like really attracted him there. And yeah, like he, yeah. thought, he he literally said he was like, This is a city like no other. It's so I'm special. Sure. Yeah. And so in the midst of this conversation, right, I'm thinking to myself, like, what a weird coincidence. Mm-hmm. I'm like having to decide between like LA and SF or LA SF. Berkeley or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I'm like thinking about this and I'm like, I really need to go like have an open mind. So I get to campus and it's like the most beautiful day and I'm just like, I, I definitely yeah. have to be here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's nice. It's like the challenge of going away to do something new. And yep. um, yeah, like UCLA is comfortable and it's an mm-hmm. amazing school, but it's close to home and it's not yeah. a change. Yeah. Um, and so like after finally making my decision, I came back Saturday night, mm-hmm. Sunday after my shift at work, mm-hmm. I uh, like committed, committed. to Berkeley. That's yeah, amazing. I was just like, I need to stop hesitating, you know, because yeah. there's so often that like you don't just listen to like what your gut is telling you and yeah. like you question your your own judgment and I think that that's like the worst mistake you can make yeah um it's I'm like, definitely scared yeah. about Berkeley but right right but it's like questioning yourself and then being having that sort of faith mm-hmm. in yourself it's like currently I'm working on a film called mm-hmm. your cliffs and it's all about the idea of there are a certain set of things not only externally that are going on around you but internally within yourself that say these are your boundaries that you kind of set yeah. for yourself in what your faith is not in just your talent and ability mm-hmm. but in your existence in general it's like i think that i'm this so i know i can't do anything more than that and Dude. it's like recently we've both been on this sort of precipice of what can i do to not only advocate for myself mm-hmm. and my art and my talent mm-hmm. or my education or my belief systems but how can i apply that into advocating internally as well in believing in the things and believing in not only my talents or the things that I can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's really interesting as we not only get older, but also go through more and more experiences of there are a lot of certain things that happen in your life, but mm-hmm. you are kind of the forefront of the decisions and the basis of how you feel about those things exactly. and how they affect you. Yeah, I mean, I think this is something that I say all of the time, and I honestly... I always like give credit to my mom. My right. mom is somebody who I don't know if we talked about this before. But mm-hmm. I love my mom, right, and right. I would say this forever. <laughs> my mom is so strong, and right. she's such a firm believer in like positive manifestation. Yeah, and I know 100%. that sometimes people like totally roll their eyes at that, but at the end of the day, like, yeah. you have to be your biggest advocate. 100%. If you're not the one who is talking yourself up, if you're not the one who is mm-hmm. willing to go out of your way to make connections, and if you're not the one who is willing to put in the work for yourself because this is what you want there is literally nobody in the world who are who will do it for you you. because at the end of the day 
Donovan, I can sit here and tell you, your photography is amazing. You are so talented. You are so capable, X, Y, Z, whatever it is. But if you don't believe that, or even if you're not even trying to fake it till you make it, right? right? Because I think for me, I consider myself like quite a confident person, mm -hmm. but it it takes a while to yeah. get to that point, yeah, yeah. to the like where you truly believe it, you know, mm -hmm. where it's not just like an act. But you have to be that way in order to find success. And success obviously exists in like, you know, whatever facet that you want it to be, or right. like it, it's an, a subjective term, you right, know, right. success is defined by the individual. But if you want to be successful, you have to be that person who is willing to go out of your way to fight for yourself. Yeah. And if you aren't and you're quick to give up and you question yourself, then there's literally no way that you're going yeah. to do the things that you want to do. There's no way you're going to do the things that you want to do and there's mm -hmm. no way that you are going to connect and find the people and the mm -hmm. community that you want. Um, we were laughing the other day because I posted a video about hanging out with some people from the Venice community, Fun mm -hmm. for Louie, BC Cerna, Houston, and the whole course of events that led to me having that community and that friend group that I do have with them is an entirely insane story yeah. of just, I was at a launch event and Zach, Zach the creator from mm -hmm. uh, Yes Theory, their manager was there and he was speaking. And this is a smaller event, so we all were talking and discussing, and I knew exactly who he was, and I mm -hmm. saw him across the room after he was done with his speech, and the event was winding down and everything like that. And I was like, if I don't say anything to this guy, yeah. just to be able to say something to him, I'm going to regret it. Oh, so it's okay. that yeah. whole just balls up, walk over, and just express how much the Yes Theory message, his work, everybody's work means to me. Mm -hmm. And that conversation ended up leading to not only going to more Yes Theory events, mm -hmm. not only helping them with filming of some of their videos, but then also growing the community that is the Venice community and mm -hmm. my family down there. And the amount of opportunities that arise yeah. after that. And that, that was one that one single encounter yeah. of just being able to advocate for, and that wasn't even me like pitching a film or pitching yeah. anything to him. It was just me expressing my gratitude towards somebody else and expressing mm -hmm. my gratitude towards what they believe. Yeah. And being open about myself and being open about them as well. Yeah. I think the hardest thing in recent generations, and I was having a conversation with Houston about this, was the fact that we are really good at saying we want to be kind and be loving and be understanding of others, but we try really, really hard to make that difficult. We try to act like being understanding and being vulnerable is mm -hmm. some sort of taboo and stigma. But if you're vulnerable, you become your biggest advocate because you are now open and honest about what you believe, what you feel, and then you can apply that into what you want to do and what you, the people and things you want to surround yourself with. Absolutely. And it's that sort of vulnerability that makes or breaks some people, and very honestly, like, mm -hmm. the more and more that you try to fight being vulnerable and being open, not only with other people, but within yourself, is the sort of, oh, I'm okay. Oh, I can do this. I need to work really, really hard. And it's like, it's all these feelings and emotions that I'm feeling, they're stupid, that it doesn't matter. Until you're able to be vulnerable with yourself, you won't be able to advocate for what you believe or what you want to do. Because you're in this kind of rut of just like self-loathing at that point. Yeah, it's like you're just going through the motions with like no passion. Yeah. Um, no, I think that like what you said about just having to take the opportunities when they come is there's been like this kind of idea that I've been trying to live by. It's like, and it's it's been an my life has been an example of this, and I think everybody's life at some point or another becomes an example of this. But at the end of the day, 
you, like you said before, you have absolutely no control over the sequence of events that is going to happen in your life. And right. for me, right, I am a control freak by nature. <laughs> I want things to happen the way that I plan them in the exact order that I, right, right. you know, plan them to be. But at the end of the day, you have to let go of that, right? Yeah. And take a step back and be like, you know what? I'm not scared of the unknown. And I have no control over the things that will or will not happen in my life. Yeah. However, you have complete control over deciding whether or not you're going to be ready to take the opportunities as they come. Yeah. So there are so many instances where I have friends or even myself or family or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. There's these amazing opportunities that arise and present themselves in their lives, right? And it's almost as if it's like a test, right? Yeah. You have to be studying your entire life for something that you don't even know is going to be coming. And it sounds like a weird concept, yeah, right? But you have to find something you're passionate about and you have to keep working at it every single day, even if you think it's crazy, right? Like mm -hmm. we talk about that. It's like, yeah. dude, when you're an artist yeah. and I'm, <laughs> I'm pursuing a more traditional route, watch me being a slave to the corporate world. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but it's, it's true. Like, um, you want to be an artist. You are an artist yeah. who wants to do this for the rest of your life, who yeah. wants to pursue your passions, which people think it's a crazy thing to want to pursue your passions. Can we talk about like literally how <laughs> taboo that is in society? Yeah. It's like, wow, you're passionate about something and you want to make money doing yeah, it? Yeah. Oh my God, you're insane. Yeah, I was literally, I just wrote a poem the other day that was basically like, I had a conversation with somebody and their immediate question to me was, so what's your plan B? And I was like, well, my oh, plan was, B, I read that. yeah, That's my good. plan B is to make plan A beautiful. Exactly. And it was like, well, you know that artists don't make a lot of money. And I was like, yeah, and money doesn't make a lot of artists. And it was just that sort of like everything is His so, mind. yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I was having a conversation with my mind too. But I'm just like, dude, everything about passion and about drive mm -hmm. is not like and this is not as only into the artistic world you can take yeah. passion and drive for what your beliefs are into medical field or anything else but why do you have to make it so taboo for the fact that people want to go after what they yeah. believe in i think that at the end of the day everything comes back to the bottom line where which is fear mm -hmm. like I was actually having a conversation with my... My mom is actually... Okay, again. This woman literally sends me, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. every single morning that I wake up, she sends my brother and I in a family group chat, like, inspirational quotes. That's nice. nice. And the, the theme is always <laughs> this. Fear is the one concept, non-tangible thing, yeah. that weighs so heavy on almost every single individual, and it keeps you from doing the things that you genuinely want yeah. to do. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and this is something that I get all the time, right? How are you, a 19-year-old young woman, traveling the world by yourself, and you act as if it's no big deal, right? Because if a young guy my age, which there's plenty, you know, of people around the world who are mm -hmm. young solo travelers, if it's a young man doing it, right, mm -hmm. nobody even bats an eye. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, well, he's a guy, you know, he's not he'll vulnerable, able, yeah, he can defend himself, he can defend himself. it's fine. He'll be fine, yeah. And all of a sudden, it's me. And I have everybody ever questioning, like, how are you doing? Why the heck are your parents letting you do that? Are they insane? You're literally going to get date raped. Um, you're going to get kidnapped, sex trade, whatever it may be, trying to like instill Dude, fear, fear in me. Yeah, yeah, instill to fear in me to get me stopped. Right. Exactly. And so I was having this conversation with my friend, and we know another guy who like also um, solo travels. And she was like, well, yeah, like it makes sense for him to do it, but like, how do you do it? And I was like, what do you mean? I literally go online, book a plane, plane ticket. ticket. 
and then worry Call about the rest later. <laughs> right. Literally, book a ticket and worry about the rest later. And that right. and that exists for that idea exists in like every yeah. thing that you want to do in life because it's it's literally like you're saying, like yeah. your cliffs, right? It's like you get to the edge and everything that you could possibly want in life exists at the bottom. Yeah. And you have a parachute, right? You have all of the tools necessary because you've been preparing yourself for these opportunities yeah. and you've been working towards something. And here's the opportunity. It's literally life is giving it to you on a silver platter and you have everything that you need. Yeah. And the only thing stopping you is fear. What is there to be scared of? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like if you fail, okay, that sucks. But get, get up. up. Yeah, and, dude. Like get back up. Something else is going to come. Yeah. And like the the worst thing that could happen is you get on a little detour. Mm-hmm. And then you figure it out. Yeah. Or the other thing is you finally jump and you decide, I don't care what may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for it because this is something I believe in. Yeah. This is something I'm passionate about. And this is something that I want. Yeah. And the second you do it, all of a sudden you realize not only how amazing it is, right? And how grateful you are to yourself for mm-hmm. finally letting yourself do it. Yeah. But also the amount of opportunities that come from that, right? Like for me. My mom and I were having this conversation about how when I decided I was going to travel, my dad was pretty much completely opposed. Mm-hmm. He was like, that same idea that literally everybody talks about. She's a se- she's 17 years old. Yeah. How is she going to do that? Yeah. How is she going to take care of herself? Just for context, you traveled to Peru at 17. Yeah, almost six months yeah. traveling abroad by myself, yep. working. And any parent <laughs> is terrified of yeah. that. And my parents are no different, but... My mom was literally saying, she was like, your father, it's not that he didn't support you. Mm-hmm. It's that he let the fear of his daughter being so far away mm-hmm. keep him from realizing yeah. or seeing the opportunities see that were going benefits, to come. Yeah. And so she was like, I had to make him see that. And she goes, it's not that your dad cares about you more than I do or that, mm-hmm. you're, that I don't fear that something might happen. Right. But at the end of the day... You know, as a parent, you can't let your fear of something potentially happening stop your kid from having opportunities that may completely change their life. Yeah. And for me, it completely changed my life. Yeah. Like, in absolutely every sense, I'm a different person because of it. Yeah. And I'd like to say that it's for the better. Right, right. Um, the reason I'm studying why I'm studying is because of that. Mm-hmm. The reason why I found my passion is because of that. The reason why I will continue living my life traveling and literally yep. my dying wish is to see every single country in the world. Do it. Um, the reason why I live the way that I do now mm-hmm. is because my parents let go of the fear. Yeah. Right? Because and when you're 17 became, years old, you're a minor, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then that yeah. became your choice because yeah. there are multitude of multitude of courses of events that happened along the way through Peru or anything like that, any yeah. of your other travels where... There are fear, and there are those, and like we were talking about, these sort of opportunities, and when the opportunities, this is literally anything that happens in your life yep. is you can be seen as an opportunity. Things can happen. I was I was talking to a friend because I was discussing that fact that we are a very negative-centric society. Yeah, it's terrible. Whenever anything happens, we have to think about, yes, please, we're just chilling with coffee today. And it's so good. <laughs> um, shout out to Bodhi because they employ both of us. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, but 
we are such a negative centric society is anything that ever happens period we have to think about the negatives of it yep. we have to think about the things that go wrong mm-hmm. we have to think about what could go wrong why are we, why can't we be a positive centric society mm-hmm. it's the kind of question of what if all this happens yeah but what if this happens whenever i am faced with a decision or whatever i'm given an opportunity before i even start going into what could go wrong i'm always making a positive list it's like a conscious yeah. change yeah. in like your mind in how you think about things it's mm-hmm. like this could make or break my business this could bring up new opportunities etc 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 when you go into something with a positive centric mindset it becomes less scary it becomes like there are so many things that are worth it yep. that fuck it if this doesn't work at least i tried to make it work and it's mm-hmm. that sort of thing that <clears throat> you are proof of if something doesn't work that's not the end of it. It's a detour. Life <laughs> yeah, it's is just not, a full-out detour. Like, yeah. Life is not a linear path. Mm-hmm. And as much as I wanted to believe this for, you know, all of my life yep. up until whatever this point, so many people are, like, in this position that they think life is this fairy tale that it's going to happen exactly the way that you want it to. Yep. And life is incredible, but the truth and the reality of the situation is that shit is going to happen. happen. And at some point, hopefully not, but at some point, shit may hit the fan. Right. And you got to figure <laughs> right. out a way to cope and to deal and yeah. to move forward and to keep moving. And yeah. so when you hit a detour, right, and you're left at a crossroads or all of a sudden you're completely off the beaten path, figure out a way to make it the best that you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if whatever it was that you were hoping for was meant to happen, you'll get there eventually. Yeah. And so that's literally like the essence of <laughs> life. Like, yeah, up. yeah, and like, yeah. <clears throat> I think that sometimes like you're saying, like whatever, whether it be fear or like you're unwilling to change your perception of the things that happen to you, right. that's all a personal choice. Right, like you have complete control over whether or not you make something good or bad, and you have complete control over the way that you react to things. You were saying that it's like your emotions and you know your drive as an individual. That all comes from from you. No one else is responsible. Yeah, no one else is responsible. That is like your individual responsibility. Yeah, because nobody's gonna like hold your hand and you know take you with them. Through life, yeah. besides you know your parents. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to parents, but like, straight. but at the end of the day, like you're gonna have to do that on yeah. your own. And like, I think that the younger you start, and the younger you're willing to yeah. just take the risks, because I firmly, firmly believe that when you are placed in a situation where you are uncomfortable, or you are scared shitless, yeah. or you are just like completely out of your element it that is, is the where ble- you that is need the best to be. place to be yeah that is the that reason is... why i chose berkeley i was yeah. like holy crap i don't this is know terrifying. anybody here i don't know what's going on here but that's the fucking exciting yeah. part about it after i made my decision i talked to my parents and they were like we my parents are incredible in that they don't ever try to influence what it is that i do mm-hmm. they just support it su- support whatever it is the yeah. decisions that i make but also you know try to help guide me in the right direction right, right. so when it came to this they were really not helpful in, <laughs> in me making my decision. Like they they were like, like you know schools. what? Yeah, they're both incredible, and you're not going to... They said to me, you're not going to make a wrong choice. You're not going to make a wrong decision. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know what that means. Um, and so when I chose Berkeley, I literally 
got home from San Fran. I'm like exhausted in the middle of the night, driving home from the flyaway. Ew. Um, <laughs> and my dad was awake and we sat down and I was like, dad, I really think that I'm going to go to Berkeley. And he was like, I know, like, I knew that you were going to change your mind. And I was like, why? And he goes, because you're somebody who wants to challenge yourself. Yeah. And your mom and I didn't want to sway your opinion in any way or kind yeah. of sway your decision, but we both knew that that was what was best for you. Yeah. And so life is not about finding your comfort zone. Yeah, your comfort zone and staying there and then yeah. being complacent. Because at the end of the day, life is literally all about growth and life is about learning. That doesn't mean that it's in the traditional sense. Yeah. Although my friends joke about me and how school is like my entire existence. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> no, it's like learning and growing yeah. happens mostly through experience yeah. and mostly through putting yourself out there, like we said, but it's a growing process yeah. and it might be a painful one and it might not. But at the end of the day, if you stop growing and stop learning, I truly believe that in that moment you've stopped living Yeah. because life is not about complacency. Yeah. If you are unwilling to put yourself in a position where you're just not comfortable then you are just like unwilling to live and you're not actually, you're going to die regretting everything. The process of change is naturally our happiest point. Whether you are an artist Mm -hmm. where the process of change is when you are creating, I tell artists all the time, whenever I'm mentoring, whenever I'm guiding, I tell them, you are not the happiest when your photo is up on the wall. You are not the happiest when your movie's in the theater. You're not the happiest when your book is published. You are not the happiest then. When are you the happiest? You are the happiest when you are creating. The process. When you are sitting in your laboratory making photos, editing. Mm -hmm. When you are writing your journal in the middle of the woods, that is your happiest point. And that can be taken far outside of art. Educators, their happiest point is not when their students are graduating. Often that's the saddest point. Their happiest point is every single day in the small little features Mm -hmm. that make the process worth it. The uncomfortable places that you are in life are often the most places that you need to be. Mm -hmm. And we've experienced that hand in hand where it's like, for me, travel and experiences outside of where I'm naturally is the most peaceful part of my life. During the summer, I took three days away, and I bought the first plane ticket I saw. We were talking about that Yeah, it went to San Francisco. Literally, I looked and opened up Expedia and saw a ticket to San Francisco and bought it. For three days, I had nowhere to stay besides the fact that I found three hostels, each a different one each and every day, Mm -hmm. in the randomest parts of San Francisco. I had no plans. I just packed a bag with two two pairs of pants, three shirts, and then my camera gear. That was it. And other than that, no I socks, had folks. no socks, just, little, <laughs> just barefoot the entire time. But um, that experience was so uncomfortable, so yeah. weird to me from going solo through the airport, going solo through all of San Francisco, not knowing a single person, mm-hmm. but I somehow made some of the greatest connections and greatest memories of my life. That whole trip changed my life purely because how uncomfortable and how unknown it was. And the beauty is that, like, when you're in that position, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but January, I was in Bali, and it was the first backpacking trip that I did where I wasn't going to, like, work. Mm -hmm. So all of the trips beforehand, I was going somewhere to, like, teach English or, like, work for some sort of nonprofit. And so it was almost like everything was kind of established. Like, yes, I was going alone, but still... Um, there was some sort of yeah, fundamental. There was there. some, yeah, there was something set up. 
Bali was the very, I went for almost all of January. It was the very first backpacking trip that I did completely on my own. I booked the hostel for the first like two nights, I think it was. And I had literally no idea mm -hmm. what I was doing. Just imagine me completely <laughs> just like, um, I literally don't know what's going on. Yeah. Show up to the hostel and it can be scary sometimes yeah. to like introduce yourself. It 100%. can be scary for anybody. It doesn't matter if you're the most confident person in the world. When you are alone and you are thousands of miles away from home, mm -hmm. you don't know anybody. Your phone barely works yeah. and you got to figure it out. And yes, like, of course I was scared. I'm not like some sort of non-human mm -hmm. person that's like, I fear nothing. No, <laughs> yeah. of course you're scared. But like the literally the first steps where it's like a group of 10 people by the pool, I'm pretty sure. And I was like, wow, everyone looks so cool. Like they're going <laughs> to think I'm weird. <laughs> I was just like, well, I have to make friends Hello? somehow and might as well be sooner than later. And you just walk up, introduce yourself. Yeah. And you realize that everybody's in the same position that you are. No one is judging you. In fact, they're probably thinking much more about themselves. Yeah, yeah. And oh, I wonder what this person thinks of me, or oh yeah. my gosh, I wonder if I sound dumb right now, yeah. or what It's like I that saying? whole gym experience where like how the people are just looking at each other to make sure no one's looking at them. It literally, <laughs> exactly. Nobody actually thinks you're weird, and nobody actually cares what you're doing because everyone yeah. is so invested in themselves. Not that that's always a good thing, but <laughs> right. that's the truth. Like, if you're scared of judgment, or like if you're scared that, oh, like, people aren't going to like me, or I'm not going to fit in, like, yeah. realistically, every single person there is thinking the same exact thing, mm -hmm. right? And so like, here's like 19 year old me, I'm like all sweaty from being in the cab, <laughs> it's like all hot. And I'm like, hey guys. And like a bunch of those people ended up being people I traveled with yeah, for yeah. like weeks. Yeah. If I hadn't have, like you said, if you hadn't have gone up yeah. and introduced yourself to that guy, Zach or whatever, yeah. right? Then all of these opportunities wouldn't have come. If I didn't go up and just be like, okay, well, they think I'm weird, then yeah. I guess sucks. But <laughs> yeah. introduce myself to these people who ended up being you know, friends of mine who I still keep in contact with now, mm -hmm. then what would have happened, yeah. right? I ended up, I maybe would have ended up having a much less, you know, valuable or fun or exciting experience right. um, because I let my fear get in the way of whatever it was yeah. that I wanted to do. It's like you have that full responsibility. Like I talk, I talk up about Mark Manson, the author of This Little Art Not Giving a Fuck, mm -hmm. and now the Everything is Fucked, a book about hope. I talk about all the time, and one of his major points from the subtle art that I got was the difference between fault and responsibility. Mm -hmm. I think, or, there is a vast difference between fault and responsibility. You are, you have the responsibility for yourself at all times. No matter yeah. what happens to you, you are responsible. Anybody can be at fault for what happens to you, sure. And it if doesn't you, matter. Yeah, if you go through a breakup, sure. They can be at fault for cheating. They can be at fault for breaking your heart, etc., etc., etc. But you are responsible for how you feel or how you react or how mm -hmm. you take that and move on from there. At all yeah. times, anybody can a employer can be respond or can be at fault for not hiring you for X and X reason. Mm -hmm. You are responsible for deciding how do I need to retrain myself? How do I need to reinvent myself to have a better opportunity the next time they're looking at me or the next person's looking there at me. There it is, training yourself, yeah. working for the opportunities that you don't yep. even know are going to be coming. Yeah. But it's true, like there comes a point in your life where you have to say, fuck it, I'm gonna stop blaming people, people yeah. for not being in the position where I want to be because that is the biggest like, issue that people have in their lives is every bad thing that may happen 
you don't want to, people don't want to take personal responsibility to move forward. And all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm in this really shitty position in my life. I'm in this really shitty job. Mm -hmm. I have really shitty friends who don't care about me. And it's everybody else's fault but my own. And that is literally like the most like detrimental mindset and the most toxic mindset that you could possibly mm-hmm. have for yourself. Yeah, it's like, because my friends are really shitty. Then you know why what it does? are they still clowning your friends? Exactly. You know <laughs> what it does? Is you are literally giving away your power. Yeah. You're giving it up, and you're saying, everybody else has the power to... Is in control to, of yeah, me. Is in control of your life. Like, you cannot do that to yourself. Yeah. But when you say, you know what? Like, I always, I always like, talk to my parents about this, how it's like, we still sometimes joke about how, how did I not get into school, like, right into high school? And they're like, oh, well, you know, it must be because of this, this, or this, this, and like all these reasons. But at the end of the day, like, it didn't really matter. Yeah. Because I didn't get into school. Mm-hmm. And it could have been for numerous things. It could have been because maybe my application just simply wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I just com- continued to blame yeah. the college education system. Yeah. The college like, force at fault. <laughs> yeah. All the UCs are at are fault. You are entirely responsible for my shitty life. Yep. <laughs> no, that's like so dumb. But instead, right? Like educational hierarchy is all Yeah, <laughs> this is a scam, <laughs> right? And it's like, here I am like, oh my God, I'm so ready to go to Berkeley. <laughs> no, but it's like, if I was to let that completely define who I was mm. and to like define every step that I took from that moment on, then that is my own goddamn fault. Yeah. It's not anybody Period. else's fault. It's not that, you know, shitty person who read my application yeah. and said it wasn't good enough. Whatever it may have been, mm-hmm. it is my responsibility yeah. now to decide where I'm, how I'm going to move forward, where I'm going to go, what it is that I want to do. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing, too. Like, letting other people influence your decisions of about what you want to be, yeah, about who you want to be, about go. what you want to do in your life. Yeah. Because that is the moment where you've completely given up. Yeah. Right? And like that's what we're talking about, like chasing your passions. Like yeah. every time people ask me like what I want to do, I'm like, well, I want to I want to die knowing that I made some sort of yeah. impact, some sort of change. Like I was I forget like where I heard this, but it's like um like nobody is immortal, but if you like do something big enough, like You'll be immortal because yeah. like, you'll remain. Our passions history, and our work right? are our and immortality projects. Exactly. And so, like, for me, I have so much passion about, like, preserving culture and, like, mm-hmm. wanting to do genuine work and, like, implement genuine change yep. in communities that are the most vulnerable because I have understood firsthand and had the privilege of being embraced by people who typically have the least, right? Yep. Like we talked about before. And I want to help. Yeah. Like that is all I want to do in my life. Period. And so when people talk about like career goals, I'm like, well, I'm going to sound crazy when I say this, but like, I want to be a diplomat. Like I want to start mm-hmm. a nonprofit. I want to do all of these things. Yeah. And the reality is like, it's not even that crazy, honestly, but like, or like that out of reach. But so many people are like, Oh wow. Like, you know, yeah. like, but why, you know, yeah. is it really that insane? Like so many people do such amazing things and go completely 100%. unnoticed. Yeah. And it's like, why do you have to, dream less big yeah you know it's like why like what what in this world is a valid reason for me not to aspire to the things i do yeah because eventually i'm gonna die anyway so i might as well try yeah it's like why like like why would i and that's my biggest thing i i can't ever express it to people enough and i always sound crazy is the fact that 
for me in my vision, I'm dying at 30. And that's why I'm so insane about what I do when it comes to needing to travel and needing to tell the stories or anything because in my brain i'm dying at 30 so there's no time and no reason for me to live small like i don't and i'm sorry if this is something that like somebody listening has said to me but like my biggest pet peeve is when people say well yeah i want to do that but i can do it later because right now i have to do this i'm like no dude guess what (laughs) yeah i might wake up tomorrow morning and get hit by a goddamn semi-truck period like that is that is the reality of life i may wake up and that's not paranoia that is just like period like being scared of death is literally like the most illogical thing that you could possibly do it's obviously like a natural fear whatever but like the second that you're like okay yeah like i'm gonna die whatever moving on then like all yeah, of a sudden, for like me, a like, I was <laughs> horrified of dying oh, for a super, super long time. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of like the last two years, my fear of death became a transition into a fear of not living well enough. Yes, that's and what like, it's about. Yeah. Because everyone's going to die. I'm sorry. Yeah. You ain't going to escape it. <laughs> you think it's coming and it's coming hard. Yeah, hopefully not soon. I'm not yeah. going to die soon. But at the end of the day, like, yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it's so true. Like, why... I am, I love to travel. It is my biggest passion in mm-hmm. life. I want to do it now. Mm-hmm. Why would I wait until I'm old and wrinkly and retired at the age yeah. of 55 to be able to go yeah. and travel when I could do it when I'm young and I can do it now and yeah. do everything that I'd ever dreamed of doing in the moment, yeah. right? It's like, don't limit yourself because age or where you are in life has no hindrance mm-hmm. on like the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, I was just watching a documentary today about... AARP members doing a fashion shoot. Like yes. these are like 85 year old people doing a fashion that shoot. Is incredible. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> but like on that, like literally my biggest thing, and like I say it to everyone, is I hate the mentality, and I never use the word hate, but I hate the mentality of I need to work really hard, treat myself like shit, do all this right now so that I can be happy tomorrow. Yeah, no, that's so dumb. And I'm like, dude, well, be guess happy what? Now, people. There's a happy, there's a tomorrow every single fucking day of yeah. your like, life. Like, when does it stop? Yeah. Right? Like, when do you go, when do you make the conscious change from, you know what, I'm going to stop, today is the day that I'm going to stop doing all of the things that I don't want to do, and mm-hmm. I'm going to stop doing all the things that people tell me I'm supposed to do, yeah. and now I'm going to decide that, you know, I'm going to be happy today. It's like, no, because you put yourself, I'm sorry, but... When you get old, you become a goddamn creature of habit, okay? <laughs> yeah, yep. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but it's really hard to convince old people of things. Even if they're absolutely fucking wrong, they literally aren't going to change their mind. So that's going to be you eventually. So make the <laughs> habits now, right? Yeah. We're You're 19 too, right? I am. We're both fucking 19 years old. And, you know, there's so many incredible people that I know who have made the conscious effort at a young age... To say, you know what, fuck whatever society or my parents or people around me are telling me I'm supposed to do. And I'm going to do now what I want in my life. And I'm going to position myself and act a certain way so that the entire rest of my future is dictated by me. Not anybody else. Mm -hmm. And that is going to become their habit. The biggest trend with those people is they're labeled crazy. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it, dude. Everybody in life is freaking weird. All of our friends are fucking crazy, and it's the greatest thing in the yeah, world. Yeah, and everybody's weird. Like, are you kidding me? Like, yes, I'm a fucking nerd. Yes, I'm weird. So is everybody else. Get yeah. over yourself and start doing the things that you want to do. Yeah. Like, that is the best decision you can make for yourself. Yeah. Truthfully. 
Like, when you decide that it doesn't matter what happens, it doesn't matter where I end up in life, it doesn't matter who is around me and who is, you know, like people come and go, whatever, and people may support you and they may not, Mm -hmm. but choose yourself first and choose to make yourself happy first before anything else and choose to live a life that when you're, you know, 95 years old on your deathbed, you're going to say, it doesn't matter that I'm going to die today because I lived a life that I'm proud of. I have no regrets and there's not a single thing that I would want to go back and change. It's like live a life worth telling. Exactly. Period. I think. I think that's it. That's it. I think that's the thing. Live a life worth telling, guys. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Well, Tani Shimizu. Always a full-on pleasure Dude, to talk to you. thanks for having me. Dude. We literally planned this yesterday. I know. <laughs> always the best decision. Yeah. So fun. For sure. Well, always. Thank you. Again, this is the Maya Soul Podcast where we just ramble about life and existence and art. I wish you guys the best always. Peace, love, and happiness in everything that you do. And as always, much, 